I'm Sadia Tariq and you're listening to Dhani the podcast. Yet another a beautiful episode by Gulsum Awa where she talks about the art of making dua. Of how dua makes us more aware, conscious and mindful individuals in this world and in the presence of God Almighty. Assalamu alaikum Gulsum and welcome back. Wa alaikum assalam. It's always lovely to hear your chirpy voice. <laughs> um you know I was just driving on my way in and I was just thinking about the topic that you're about to discuss uh, today. Um for me connecting with Allah, connecting with God is um is often not uh, only on the prayer mat. Mm. So this is something that again I, I I perhaps you will be covering that but it was just the thought that occurred to me and I thought that you know I just thought to myself that I will ask you that uh, we are talking about today we're talking about the art of making dua. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, perhaps you can begin by telling us what dua is and what the real skill set we need to uh, effectively um talk to God. Yeah. Sure, inshallah taala. And this is one of my favorite things as well dua actually. And let's just discuss it, discuss it in a little detail why that is, right? Um a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul 'uqdatam min lisani yafqahu qawli. Ameen ya rabbal alamin. Ya ghafurur rahim ya arhamar rahimin. Ya dhal jalali wal ikram. What I just did was actually make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, right? Mm-hmm. That Allah make this task easy for me, open uh, my chest, right, and open the knots in my tongue so that they understand what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. uh, this is the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he would make dua before just about everything, literally, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes to dua, the the Arabic word uh, dua means to call someone. In Urdu, we say dawat. right when we invite somebody for a party or for we invite somebody home right we call them right we call them come over for a daawat at my house okay and even when you are calling someone to for example um you are giving daawat in terms of uh, if you look at islamic terminology of daawa you're calling people to god that is also called daawat Dua is the mm. same root word. It means to call, to uh, a lot of times it's a very formal word, na? invoke, supplicate. But I find these words a little uh, devoid of meaning in terms of that we don't relate to them. It's basically calling Allah. And one way to mm-hmm. understand is right now you and I are talking on this uh, device. You called me. You sent me an invi- invitation. It was a da'wah. I accepted it, and I'm mm. responding to your questions. So this is dua going on, kind of. right mm-hmm. so when you talk to her, i i am involved with uh, with a lot of teenagers etc so we always talk about like whatsapp to allah that's what it actually mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. really that you mm-hmm. are calling upon allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, uh, the importance of this is so cool that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam actually said that dua is a weapon of a believer is something which is very famously known right dua is something that like you said na that sometimes we don't connect mm, we try to but we don't really connect very well in our five salahs on the musalla on the janamas mm. and sometimes we don't want to talk to god 
really like you were just driving perhaps you thought ke acha let me just have a conversation with god it's not mad actually it's not crazy it is something mm-hmm. that a believer yearns for no seriously a believer yearns to have a conversation with allah and that is what dua is basically it's totally informal totally can be in any which way you want you don't have to be in a state of wudu you don't have to be dressed a certain way you don't have to worry about whether you are in a state of tahara like ritual purification or not whether you are sitting or standing or lying down or have just woken up from bed or you know whatever in whatever emotional and physical state you are in you can just make dua that's it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that is the beauty of it that it is available at all times it is available mm-hmm. at all times and allah subhanahu wa taala has said something so beautiful in surah al-baqarah which is uh, verse number 186 as allah subhanahu wa taala says wa idha sa'alaka ibadi anni fa inni qareeb ujibu da'wata ad-da'i idha da'an o prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when my slave ask slaves ask you about me tell them that i am indeed very near and i respond to the invocation or the dua of the person when he calls me ujibu da'wat that's the word over here da'wat ad-da'i da'i is the person who is calling so allah 100% responds to the dua of every person always but it's just that we don't realize the response immediately mm. we don't because a lot of times when we are making dua we are actually not really involved in it you know a lot of times it's just sort of on auto or sometimes we make dua because we don't understand what the significance really is so we kind of pay lip service or do the duas that we've been taught since we were very little just like we do our namaz you know half awake half sleeping kind of situation but mm-hmm. when we understand the true power of dua why is it that it is called the weapon of a believer because it really dua is something that wakes us up dua is something which is very very empowering right mm-hmm. and that is what we need to understand today and discuss to see that how that is so how is it that me calling upon allah subhanahu wa taala is going to empower me in any way or you know or, or do something for me or make me stronger in my belief or in my iman uh, etc how you tell me what do you think so i was just coming to this thing whereby it says that you know everything is predestined but one mm-hmm. thing that can change that destination that has been laid out for you mm-hmm. is dua yeah absolutely absolutely so it, as you say it's it is the the tool of the believer and it is such mm-hmm. a huge a uh, powerful tool yep that it it's can change the course tool. of your life yes according to one scholar uh, sheikh hamza yusuf he said something very beautiful he said that dua is actually a means of waking up it makes you a conscious person whereas majority of humanity is actually sleepwalking we sometimes mm-hmm. sleepwalk through our entire day right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what we know from the islamic tradition is that what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam stressed upon was wake up before you die because only then mm-hmm. do you realize that how important it is to live a conscious life right and part of the process of waking up is becoming conscious of your actions so when you look at the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and over here i will stress on the fact that we must look at what how he made dua and what dua meant for him because that's a huge lesson for us in terms of what should we be doing you know what are the tools that we should be using to make our dua more effective right mm-hmm. and for example if you look at his duas he would wake up in the morning right he would just open his eyes still in bed 
and he would make dua literally he's not even out of bed yet right mm-hmm. and literally anything that we do there is a dua for it and we do those things anyways right but there is a dua for each and every activity that a human being does so he would wake up and he would say alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'da ma amatana wa ilayhi an-nushur which means that glory be to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has resurrected us like sleep is considered to be like death because we are unconscious right, right? right. so allah has put you to sleep and now he is given you a new life a new day right mm-hmm. so he would start his day like that so there is a dua for going into the toilet coming out of the toilet looking sure. into the mirror eating uh, during eating after you finish I mean, you know the daily stuff that we do every human being does that right mm-hmm. and uh, there's a very there's a very uh, funny and profound incident from the life of the sahaba that uh, you know the mushrikeen and makkah they used to try to make fun of uh, the believers in any which way they wanted so once mm-hmm. they said to the sahaba ke ha ha you guys just follow your prophet and everything he's even taught you how to go to the toilet how to do you know that and they very confidently said aha uh-huh, yep absolutely mm. so and what does that mean like what hamza yusuf is saying is that this is a means of doing everything that you do anyways but doing it in a very conscious way now i'm waking Being up now i'm getting out of mindful bed. 100% mindful and mindful of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having mm-hmm. that his active connection going on his feeling that presence constantly right instead of just being on a autopilot kind of a situation you know we are rushing about our day and another beauty of dua is that you can do it no matter what other stuff that you're doing we are very good at multitasking aren't we very very mm-hmm. good particularly these days i'm very bad at that i can't do like two three things at the same time i find it very annoying uh, but most people are uh, it's supposed to be a skill and you know they use their thumbs to type and then they're having a conversation etc i sometimes get very upset with my children because when we are sitting together they're constantly on their phone but they're having a perfectly uh, normal conversation with you as well and i'm like mm-hmm. how do you do it i find that totally mm-hmm. annoying so with dua you can be doing whatever and then thinking in your mind and in your heart doing your dua with that, having that conversation with god going on this mm-hmm. is you all talk to ourselves right you do talk to yourself right mm-hmm. yeah even when you're talking to somebody else there's some conversation going on so for right. a believer that connection is so strong that you're having that conversation going on with allah constantly it's very cool actually it's very cool once you get the into the habit of it right mm-hmm. and uh, there's so many amazing things about dua that it's liberating because you don't it's just between you and god there is no intermediary in between Correct. right it's Correct. very very direct you make that dua thak it goes it it goes right and mm-hmm. uh, this act of remembering and calling allah subhanahu wa taala is something which allah subhanahu wa taala just loves because i just quoted one verse of the quran there are many many verses where allah subhanahu wa taala is saying call me and i will respond to you there are many other places in the quran and mm-hmm. how do you call allah the most simple thing to do is to just make dua right in mm-hmm. any language in any which way and sometimes our emotions are so deep that we don't even use words i don't mm-hmm. know if that's making mm-hmm. sense to you we don't yes, actually yes. articulate what we are thinking or what's mm-hmm. in our heart and that can also be a dua because it's a connection with allah and he doesn't need language to reach him 
the emotions and the feelings that we have are part of that sincere dua that we are making right and like i said it can be done in any form sitting standing studying playing doing whatever right very simple very very instant no intermediaries and that's another big problem that we have whenever we talk about making dua a lot of times many many people educated uneducated from all uh, uh, strata of society they feel that dua is something that you need somebody more pious more i don't know uh, apparently <laughs> pious let's put it this way you know it's almost become a cliche that when we meet each other or sometimes we talk to each other believers what do we say duao mein yaad rakhiyega bilkul we say that na why do we say that what is the reason for that uh you know what this is something that i actually don't say because i just feel that god has given everyone and as you're saying everyone the ability to connect with him and when absolutely the, the quran is out there open for everyone and when he's saying that mm-hmm. call me and i will respond he doesn't need uh, as you're saying it's not dependent on wuzu it's no. not dependent on any time zone it's not dependent on any language the moment it's you not dependent on anybody of... else it's Correct. not dependent on another human being yes but kal yes yeah, so please please clarify this thing yes so where as you're saying yeah. why is it that we uh, we feel that someone who's pious their connection is is stronger and faster than ours i don't know i don't know why we feel that because that's not what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us right mm. he told us to invoke call upon allah yourself but it's mm. a cultural thing i think or and i don't know if you know sometimes some things have seeped into our uh, uh practice because we have not really learned our deen right and we've just got mm-hmm. it from here and there kind of situation so somebody mm-hmm. i remember uh, uh, one of my teachers telling me that she had somebody working for her and uh, she would never make dua like a lot of times one of the uh, we'll talk about that in detail in a minute but one of the uh, uh, instances where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has told us that dua is likely to be accepted is after fard salah after you do your fard namaz Mm-hmm. So this lady the, the person who was working for my teacher she would do her namaz and she would just get up and never make dua right mm-hmm. and my teacher once asked her ki tum kabhi why don't you ever make dua she said oh mm-hmm. but you don't make dua on your own dua i do when i go to the mazar to a shrine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because this is this pious person and he is like you know this word that we use a lot wasila Mm. right this is my wasil this is my stepping stone to god and that is Correct. not what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has told us at all in fact there is a sahih hadith in bukhari and muslim where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said make your righteous deeds a means for invoking god your own righteous deeds mm-hmm. right so like you know this is uh, a you're getting connected informally whichever which in in any which way you want but sometimes you can just literally sit down and say that oh allah you know i gave that sadqa or i was nice to so and so or whatever whatever righteous deed whatever good stuff that you've done and you know i'm calling upon you with that in front of me kind of so mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's all yeah. about you and allah there's no third person involved mm-hmm. and we have this very very serious problem of 
absolute manifest shirk happening because we feel that we need somebody else and that somebody else unfortunately is dead that somebody else is not even alive anymore you need to so be making dua for them rather than asking them to make dua how is how is a dead person going to make dua <laughs> so that is okay. why when scholars say that you are it is so liberating and empowering because you realize that you really have this direct access to the king of kings to the highest lord of the universes imagine who we are talking about we are talking about allah subhanahu wa taala like mm-hmm. if in this dunya if somebody is in puny position somewhere i don't know principal of a college or uh, uh, you know head of a head of state or whatever puny position somewhere you have to go through a lot of stuff now to get an appointment to see them or talk to them and they don't even have time etc you know a little celebrity and then they've got a million people to contact before you can get in touch with them and here is the king of so that that's why we somehow feel that no hamara direct access kaise ho sakta it's just not possible sometimes yeah, we might feel that these limitations of this world really so many limitations that we've put upon ourselves and we understand this meaning of the word wasila completely wrong that's mm-hmm. not what it is your wasila is you with god and one thing we must understand that going to anybody who has passed away you know and this shrine business that we are it's a business that's what it is right it's a business and that is absolute manifest shirk it's not even hidden shirk by the way and most of the time is what oh you, you you can't and a lot of times many many people do that and i've seen that with people not just the uneducated uh, uh, class very educated elite no dua is going to be at so and so shrine and show and show farana and etc etc and that is a very culturally accepted practice right tata darbar and uh, uh, what do you call it right here in karachi uh, abdullah shah ghazi and i mean this is this is something and why do you go there why do you go there because you think allah is not going to listen to you or you have more belief in somebody who's a human being a non human uh, 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 a human being uh, uh, and you don't have that firm belief and tawakkul on allah subhanahu wa taala that he's not going to listen to you mm-hmm. and another limitation that we put on ourselves is that we think that we should form a pressure group that a lot of people should get together and make dua so maybe allah will listen more mm. that happens a lot have you heard of uh, uh, this one particular verse in the quran which is called ayat karima yes when there's a problem a lot of people get together right and god knows where that number has come from and they say that we have to read this particular verse of the quran la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minas zalimin beautiful verse of the quran right and mm. they think that if we are going to read it certain number of times only and then we pray for whatever problem that we are in only then that is going to work mm. now this dua itself is the dua of yunus alayhi salam who was a prophet of allah subhanahu wa taala it is in the quran and yunus mm. alayhi salam was in the belly of a big fish which was a test from allah subhanahu wa taala right and he made this dua now how many times did he make it we have no idea there is absolutely sure. nowhere where did this number but you know pressure group wali baat na let's all get together and make this dua so it's going to work if i say <laughs> la ilaha illallah as a pressure group <laughs> yeah because somehow we feel that we can pressurize allah into listening to us otherwise he's not going to listen to an individual we do not understand the significance of that single individual that allah has mm. created 
you and me as mm-hmm. we have a lot of weight in terms of who we are personally allah has given us so much metal inside of us that we don't realize that and if we realize that only then we make dua so scholars say and what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us was when you make dua you are actually admitting in front of allah subhanahu wa taala that you are the only one that i call upon and he loves that like you know how we say in surah al fatiha is a dua in itself the whole surah is a dua iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in only you we worship and only you we are going to listen to right we are saying that iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in right only you we worship and only you we ask for help hmm. you don't need anybody else when you ask for help it can just be you that's it that's enough and that so beautiful true. connection you know sometimes you just feel like for just a random reason like you were saying na, that you want to have that connection with god and just randomly sometimes you have this urge to just talk to him or you see a sunset and you're like oh my god you're just blown away right it's just so awesome right. or or something it could be anything you know something a little trigger or sometimes you're very depressed something bad is going on and then you're very low and you feel where am i going to get the strength to overcome this or whatever so that time dua is so amazing it just comes mm-hmm. from the heart and that is one thing that we must remember dua is something that you should make with your heart not just words the heart should be involved because rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us that allah subhanahu wa taala does not listen to the dua of a heedless heart you know it's not just lip service huh? that you are sitting and you are doing your whatever no it should really be very very emotional very very emotional right and the emotions should be involved in the dua right uh, so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in various different hadith said that don't be impatient with your dua also don't be impatient sometimes you uh, you hear people there somebody in my family who loves saying that that oh mai to itni dua karti hu wo qubool hi nahi hoti you know a lot of times people say that that i pray i've been praying for such and such for so long but no don't be impatient because when allah has promised that i will respond so what are the what are the different responses that that they are a the dua is going to be accepted there and then alhamdulillah wonderful good for you right other thing is that allah subhanahu wa taala diverts something we not you just said that something which is written in your destiny maybe it was a mishap or something and that is diverted because of your dua right the third thing what happens is that the dua that was not accepted is going to be stored for you for the hereafter and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has told us that in the hereafter when the judgment will be happening etc we will be desperate for the brownie points there will be people when they go to see the reward for the duas that were actually not accepted in this dunya the reward that they are going to get they would wish that none of their duas were ever accepted in this dunya the reward is going to be so tremendous but that wow. can only happen for somebody who has that firm belief in the hereafter na and that can only happen for a believer who feels that and knows for sure that okay if this isn't happening over here that means it's stored somewhere for me so don't be impatient don't be impatient right? yeah you know as they say that if your dua hasn't been heard or you feel that it hasn't been heard yes uh, it um it's all for the better because that means that you are now going to go by god's plan and surely he has a better plan than you would better plan than you do absolutely absolutely and uh, another thing is that if somebody is asking for 
doing something bad or terrible, right? So that is also which we call as baddua. That is also something that is not accepted, and you should never be asking for something bad for either your own self or somebody else, right? Or breaking of any blood ties or anything like that. That's not that's not good. And one needs to be persistent, right? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us that keep on making dua and be persistent. Keep on making dua. And another beautiful thing is that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us that the one who keeps making dua in times if you want your duas to be accepted in times of trouble and in times of uh, when you are emotionally upset etc so be in a habit of making dua when you are happy and everything is fine and you are prosperous because mm-hmm. you are looking at dua not just not just for asking for something another misconception that we have about dua is that dua is made when i want something now i want that a grade i want to get married i want to lose weight i want, you know I, i want to i want this i want that i want that most certainly make dua at that time as well but dua is actually a connection with allah it's like a conversation mm-hmm. it doesn't have to have some uh, you know a wish list attached to it yeah it, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to be an asking form all the time yeah yeah although you can most certainly alhamdulillah because you see the sahaba even if they want their shoelace broke they would ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seriously quite honestly mm-hmm. most certainly ask allah and allah loves that humility na that you think he is the only one who can give you anything so that's a beautiful mm-hmm. way of a believer to show his gratitude and he should to show his reliance on god alone mm-hmm. but this conversational mm-hmm. thing like you know like the way we started that this connection that we have that is what the essence of dua that is the essence of dua and the other thing is rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ask in a low voice you're not talking to somebody who's deaf sometimes we have this issue mm-hmm. as well right communal dua the pressure group and also in a very loud voice no you don't have to you really don't have to and have that firm belief that allah will accept it those three conditions one of the three is going to happen right and have that humility be needy in front of god be needy i am the slave and you are the master ask like that and i always think of those little bachchas you know the little kids who come uh, in 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 our country in karachi uh, and all uh, uh, you know they uh, when your car stops at a signal there's usually some kids who come and begging for something or they're selling something and sometimes they become very you know the urdu word that i can think it's not even a real word but it's like becoming lichard you know like they just mm-hmm. insist and they are banging on your thing and sometimes it's very annoying as well but that kind of attitude you need to have with allah subhanahu wa taala when you are asking him when you are invoking him when you are calling him when you are making dua very persistent just cling on to him very clingy exactly very clingy very very clingy and very sincere very sincere because the emotions that add weight to your dua right emotions mm-hmm. very very mm-hmm. very emotional right um and Ali radhiyallahu ta'ala and said something very interesting he said one who makes dua and fails to act is one who wishes to shoot an arrow with a stringless bow right mm-hmm. so dua i mean you know uh, you're sitting there you're asking allah for say for example uh, for sustenance or 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 a, or a raise or something and you're not actually doing anything yourself although mm. allah's works are miraculous sometimes you are actually just sitting there doing nothing and something happens out of the blue because of the dua you have mm. done but that is not the way mm. of a believer the way of a believer you know for a kid you're not studying at all and you're saying mera a star aa jaye mera a star aa jaye that's you know 
be, let's be a little real that's that way yeah, as well. Real, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, so just before you go on, I just want to recap a few things. Mm. Um, sure. The first one you said that we have to be in a state of dua. And that is why yes. there is a dua for every little thing, from little to big things um, that have been advised to us, See. to the believers. And that is to wake us then, up so that we're conscious. Yeah. Right, exactly. So there's a, there's a consciousness. There is um, no... Uh, so there's, uh, there's consciousness, there's patience, there's persistence, and there is mm -hmm. sincerity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. The, okay. What we started off with was that the way, the reason that dua is so empowering is because it wakes us up from our comatose life that we have. It makes us very mm -hmm. conscious of each and everything that we are doing. That connection mm -hmm. with Allah is constantly there. It's not just that five mm -hmm. times. It's not just that when sure. you are fasting or you are doing something a good deed. It's constant, right? Achha, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has also told us that there are certain times where a dua is more likely to be accepted, and it's not mm -hmm. that these are the only times. It's more likely to be accepted, right? Sometime during Friday, right? Sometime during Friday, it could be any time, right? Uh, the night of Al Qadr, Ramadan just passed, you know, Laylatul Qadr, the day of Arafah, which has just happened. Right, uh, uh, that's during rainfall, and you should be happy. You live in a place which is raining constantly, right? So during rainfall, when you are breaking your fast, now that fast could be the Ramadan fast or any other time that you fast. The time that you are breaking your fast while you are traveling, a traveler's dua is uh, most likely to be accepted. And uh, when you are in prostration in salah, that's also another time you're closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to hadith when you're in prostration in salah. So it's most likely to be accepted. And at the end mm -hmm. of your fard salah, at the end. Mm -hmm. And what Rasulullah used to do was that a lot of times he would do his dua in his salah as well. Not just outside mm -hmm. of it. In his salah mm -hmm. as well. And the informal dua, you can like on a, on a Friday say for example, you can just keep making dua constantly, you know, having this chat, right? And Rasulullah also told us that begin the dua and end the dua with durood. So that's like the etiquette, like let's put it this way, a little formal etiquette, right? Begin with durood and end with durood. And that's wonderful because you see, a lot of times what you can do is because when you're used to sending durood on Rasulullah, you do that in the morning, you're talking to God constantly and then you make durood in the middle somewhere. So it doesn't have to be formal, but you just have to be a little sure. conscious of that, right? And Again, like that said, brings the in the part, mindfulness bit. The mindfulness, absolutely, because it's not just something that you are not truly conscious of. You're very, very mm -hmm. conscious of the fact that this is going to happen. And one reason that we should really uh, pay attention to what Rasulullah is saying is because he was actually, he said so much in very few words. He was very eloquent in his speech, right? And he summarized huge discourses in very, very few words. So if you look at the du'as that he has taught us about little, little things, right? They make such, they're asking for so much with very, very few words. So it's a good idea mm -hmm. to get into the habit of, you know, making them part of our daily routine, right? It, mm -hmm. it, because what scholars tell us is that it is a good idea to have daily spiritual routines. It keeps you sorted out, right? And I think I've, I've mentioned this before in one of our talks before that you, mashallah, are a 
yoga practitioner and i'm sure you have a daily routine right don't you sure yeah to keep yourself sorted out so you need to have a daily mm. spiritual routine and dua is part of that dua is part of that mm. have mm. that happening with you constantly constantly mm. so uh, and it's very very cool sometimes when you get used to having that reliance of allah on allah subhanahu wa taala then it is such a wonderful feeling that i can be connected anytime i'm not sure. dependent on sure. anything right mm-hmm. and this is such a private connection just between me and god anytime mm-hmm. anywhere absolutely free no intermediaries instantly mm-hmm. i'm going to call he's going mm-hmm. to respond to me right and very simple as simple as abc you don't need to be a rocket science scientist to figure out what i should be doing right very very simple it is a form of worship that can be done like i said anytime sitting standing studying playing doing whatever whatever chores that you are doing and it is a huge act of remembrance it's a huge act of remembrance and allah subhanahu wa taala has said something so beautiful allah bi zikrillahi atmainal qurub without doubt it is in the remembrance of god that hearts find rest so people who are used to making dua constantly and firmly believe that this is my connection with allah they are very restful and peaceful inside a lot of stuff may be happening in the outside but their hearts are calm they're composed right they have that inner strength because of that constant connection with allah subhanahu wa taala constant connection mm-hmm. and that remembrance is so important that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has told us that shaitan he kind of comes and looks into your heart if he finds it busy with the remembrance of allah he he, he sort of withdraws otherwise he comes and sits there so you know all of the mm-hmm. negativity that we feel sometimes in our heart whether it's about other people whether it's about our own self whether it's self pity all kinds of negative thoughts that we have a lot of times having that constant connection with god can dispel that negativity so that is a 100% positive effect of dua in our lives today on a daily basis mm-hmm. so you see this remembrance and this dua is something which has a very positive effect on our daily routines in our in our own well being that is also very important to understand as you said you know the first thing that you said that it just wakes you up so once you're awake yeah. then things are in your control and you will feel at yes. peace and you will feel uh, um, uh, you know you will have that inner harmony sorry i just wanted to ask you so what mm-hmm. is zikr zikr is remembrance the the literal meaning of the word zikr is remembrance remembrance of god and the reason zikr okay. and dua are so closely related is when you are making dua what are you doing dua is a dua form of zikr it. isn't it yeah right. dua is a form of right. zikr isn't it right dua right. is a, a very high form of zikr actually and again it doesn't have to involve others it's just between you and allah subhanahu wa taala it's a beautiful form of zikr right it is something which is informal right and you can you know just be involved with god constantly constantly and that's a beautiful feeling because whether we realize it whether we are conscious of it or not our constant companion is god no uh, no human being is our constant companion our constant companion who knows everything about us who knows us inside out is god whether we acknowledge it or not that is besides the point dua and worship 
you know, like I said, wake us up and bring us into that conscious state where we do realize, ha, it is only Allah who actually knows what I'm going through. Nobody else. Mm. So that is that is remembrance in itself. Right? Mm. So the larger, the bigger umbrella is zikr. And in that is contained dua, as you're saying. I don't know if I would put it that way. I think they're both very uh, closely related, right? Very, very closely okay. related. Okay. Right? Okay. So, uh, for example, um, I don't know if I would say that the larger umbre uh, umbrella is, is, is Vikr. Uh, they're both pretty much side by side. Dua hmm. is, is a form of Vikr. Yes. So, they're complementary to each other. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Totally. Yeah. Bilkul. Mm. Absolutely, because mm. calling on Allah means that you're remembering him. When you call somebody, right, when I call you, or if I send you a WhatsApp just saying, what's up? What am I saying? I'm remembering you, na? So mm. I'm reaching out mm. to call you. Mm. If I'm inviting mm. somebody over to a dawat, like remember the root word of dua, I, I want to have them over. So it's like a remembrance of them, right? Mm. And who do we call? We call those who we like, we call those who we love, we call those who we think can support us. So all of that. and Asking Allah for the obvious even, although he knows everything, is something which he himself likes a lot about a believer because it shows our state of reliance on him and our state of neediness for him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that, that we acknowledge the fact that we are his slaves. So it's an act of humility in front of Allah that we are only going to ask you. Only you am I going to ask for anything and nobody else. Right? And this misconception about having other people involved in dua is something that we need to get rid of. And we really, really you know, need I'm to so get away glad from that this. You shared this myth uh, because that we don't need any channels to reach God. He's given and each also, one of us the ability to do that. And also, it has almost become like a, like I said, a cliche thing. Na, duaon mein yaad rakhna wali situation. We need to get away from yeah. these little, little, seemingly very little things, but it kind of takes us away from our own personal relationship with Allah. Mm. And so is something because as you said, that this is a cultural thing and we seem yeah, to have inherited the phrase and we seem to have inherited that, you know, that, that, that baggage that comes with this phrase because you, you've yeah. kind of handed over your, your own communication to someone else mm. and said that, please, aap mere liye dua karna. when you have that, yeah. that, you know, you have that tool for yourself anyway. Yeah. And you know, the strange thing is that in uh, Surat Al-Baqarah, uh, uh, the relationship that the Bani Israel had with the God, they were the chosen people at that time. They always used to say to Musa alayhi salam, Udu'u lana rabbik. You call, Udu'u is from Doha, right? You call your, your Rabb for us. It's the same thing, na? Hmm. They, wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't call themselves. They wouldn't make Doha themselves. They would want somebody else to. So we need to, and it opens the door for very, very serious shirk, na? When you are constantly relying on other people to make dua for you. So you're going to go somewhere to ask somebody to pray or like, and then people exploit that, you know, with all all of the things, all of that happens when? When you yourself feel that you are not good enough to reach God. And somebody else is going to help me out with it. So you get involved in a lot of nonsense because of that. And, other, and many, many people exploit that big time because it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. a whole, whole industry, not just in our country, all over the world, actually, and, and very much thriving here in Pakistan. 
So we need to be very careful about that. And it begins with the misconception that we have about dua, that I can't reach Allah. No, Allah is saying, I'm right here. I'm closer to you than your jugular vein. Just reach out and call me. And I will respond. That is his promise. When Allah says, I will respond, that means he will respond. There are no two ways about it. He truly, yes, honestly and that, will. And that kind of establishes um, your, your love for, for Allah as well. That I am handing over and I'm asking you because I'm needy. You know that Iqbal um, share, which is that... Um, گرتے رہیں سجدوں میں ہم اپنی ہی حسرتوں کی خاطر اگر عشق خدا میں گرے ہوتے تو کوئی حسرت ادھوری نہ ہوتی سو اف اونلی آئی لو یو اینڈ دا ریزن آئی ایم سرینڈرنگ ٹو یو اینڈ دین یو نو گاڈ پرامس Truly. And uh, one last thing that I do want to mention, which I forgot before when I was talking about the times when the du'as are accepted, the last third of the night is something which is such a beautiful, beautiful hadith where uh, Abu Huraira narrates that Rasulullah said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, this is a hadith of Qudsi. In the last third of every night, It's not just the nights of Ramadan, every night of every day, right? Every night. Mm-hmm. Our Rabb, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, descends to the lowermost heaven and says, Who is calling me so that I may answer him? Who is asking me so that I may grant him? Who is seeking forgiveness from me so that I may forgive him? This is in Sahih Bukhari. Every night. How adorable is that? Isn't it beautiful? And that owl could be, you know, like, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, if... The believer wakes up for Fajr. Even if you wake up a little before, that is the last of the night, isn't it? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like that you're up. It's beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually gives us opportunity after opportunity just to get close to him. It's just that because we get so heedless, we forget. And mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, I feel that these kind of discussions that we are having right now are a very good way of that remembrance, of that just that reminder Whatever we have talked about is not something which is unfamiliar to a lot of people. It's just that we tend to forget. And just reminding ourselves a little over and over again is a very good idea. Because it kind of makes you a little conscious. So maybe next time, you know, the, the rest of the day, maybe you and I will at least be walking around with a more conscious state. Hopefully, inshallah. Surely, surely. And so many, so many duas to you for one uh, imparting and giving us the ways and the times, the ideal times to call out to God. Also debunking the certain myths that we don't need a channel, we don't need a count. Absolutely. Sorry, I just wanted to say that I've also heard that uh, dua, uh, you know, if you're in pain or if you're in, uh, you're, you're in some sort of a sufferance, even then it's it's very effective is that is that true yes it is true when you mm-hmm. are when a believer is going through some trial yeah that is true absolutely mm-hmm. what am you see and if you look at the times where the dua is most likely to be accepted there's so many that everybody is in one situation or the other at some time or the other so true. really so if true. you look at it that way yeah and uh, and also as you're saying you know usually arafat may be when you know it's between asr and maghrib um 
रात में भी वेन यूर स्लीप सो द टाइम्स दैट वी आर मोस्ट लाइकली टू काइंड ऑफ फगेट गॉड गॉड फगेट दैट वॉज अ बिट ऑफ अ पन सो दैट इज द टाइम दैट ही सेज आर आई एम अवेलेबल कम टू मी एंड दैट्स how lovely and also there's another uh, there's another i just looked it up i have this dua book in my hand uh, there's a hadith in abu daud and in tirmidhi where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that dua of the oppressed is also accepted alhamdulillah mm-hmm. so you know there's a lot which is going on around the world today and uh, a lot of oppression a lot of uh, injustice so the dua of the oppressed and also the dua of a believer for another believer while in their absence so when you make dua for somebody right we must get into the habit of making dua for each other right and mm-hmm. for our relatives and for our friends and for generally people around us like right and allah subhanahu wa taala rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the angels pray the same for you so you are praying for somebody else right so we should not be selfish in our duas like you know we should be praying for others as well and another etiquette of dua that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us was that like you know you pray for yourself first right and your family etc so pray for yourself first just like putting the oxygen mask on yourself and then helping others in terms of making dua for whoever so it's it's a good idea to make dua for other people because then the angels pray the same for you alhamdulillah so thank you and as i said uh, loads and loads of duas uh, for you and for helping us uh, wake up thank you loads and loads of dua for you to give all of us this opportunity to get together and remember allah for the remembrance thank you very much bahut shukriya subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun alal mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam khuda hafiz khuda hafiz